hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey listeners, here's another bonus episode. This one is going to be happening because I was featured in a blog roundup by a social media influencer about women-led podcasts. Because of that, I feel I want to pay it forward. I interviewed Jess Dukes, a friend of mine, but also she hosts the podcast Becoming Babe AF, which is also an anchor podcast. I just wanted to show love and support and share this with everyone because I feel like her podcast is great. If I can get her some listeners, that'd be awesome. Um, Not to mention though, I just feel like, you know, women need to be lifting women up, especially right now. The pandemic is really hard on everyone. And so I really hope that you enjoy this episode. And again, um, thanks for everything. Thanks for listening. Um, Things are really picking up speed and I'm really enjoying it. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Oh, you know, at this point, who knows what day it is anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely understand. I'm like, it. I was just sitting on the couch and I was like, is it Sunday? I don't even know. <laughs> I totally agree. I don't even know anymore. Like, day is just a construct, time is just a construct. Um, to my guest, on the other end, listening to this podcast, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is my friend and uh, co-host of Becoming Babe as Fuck podcast, Jessica Dukes. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited to have you on today. So I'm just going to let you take the floor, give your elevator pitch, go for it. (laughs) Thanks. Um, I know we talked a little bit about this earlier, like prompts and stuff, but I don't do elevator pitches often, so I'm going to do my best, I guess. Um, so I am a co-host of a comedy and women empowerment podcast called Becoming Babe AF. Um, it is from myself and my girlfriend, Karina, and we live in Texas. And so we like to give you sassy tools to kind of make you feel or help you feel um, babe as fuck. Um, there's no one way around not saying that word, so if you don't like it, I'm sorry. Um, we'll refer to it as Bebe from now on, but, um, I'm originally from Indiana. I've been, um, in Austin for about 12 years and been married for about eight. We have two dogs in a suburb, which I always thought I was a city girl, even though I grew up in the country. So it's interesting to still be here for that long. It doesn't feel like, you know, you mentioned before, like time is a construct. Like I feel that way about living in this state so far away from my family but it's good it's given me many blessings and it's been a little bit crazy so here's some more adventures <laughs> awesome at this point I've had more guests from actual Texas and Austin Texas area than anything else so I feel like I have to connect you all <laughs> that, that'd be awesome because <laughs> um, I think you yes, might be at this point do. my fourth my fourth Austin uh person 
Um, but I love that. I am um, very excited to have you on here. I'm just going to kind of get into how you and I met. So uh, we haven't met, which is um, you know, kind of a resuming theme. I've got a lot of internet friends, but uh, Jess happens to be just a really rad individual. I ended up, she came in on my radar uh, when I was in, I was moving to San Diego. I was, I joined this place, I think it was a group called Slay Babes on, um, on Facebook. She posted a photo of her throwing glitter y'all into the universe in the air. It was the most gorgeous, cute, adorable photo. I was like, who is this person? I have to become her friend and become her friend. I willed her to you know, B. I was like, we have to be friends. Um, and I just kind of followed her journey. And it's really exciting because her and her friend Karina making this podcast really inspired me to really look at myself and you guys pulling the trigger on doing that really made me feel confident that I could do the same thing. Um, and it took me a while to kind of figure out what I wanted to talk about, but I loved your podcast from the second I heard it. It's a really great podcast for my guests that are listening or my, my listeners that are listening. Um, it does really give you these great, awesome tools from two strong women who have different, wildly different backgrounds. One's a mom, uh, a mom as well as a career person, you know, and then the other one's a dog mom, right? But there's, they have these two very strong uh, opinions or very opinionated, but they have a really great way to like empower and lift you up. So, um, if I'm going to definitely link in your guys, your guys's podcast and shout you out wherever I can, but yeah, so I'm really excited to have you on here today. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. So you feel ready? <laughs> yeah. I mean, as ready as I'm going to be, I put on what my girlfriend coined today is hard pants, <laughs> AKA jeans. Uh, so yeah, let's do it. Hard pants. Okay. I actually yeah. appreciate that because <laughs> I feel like, like if I, if I put like a pair of shorts on, I'm like, Oh, not wearing athleisure wear today. <laughs> like, yeah. Or like, that's what my legs look like. I should invest in some self tanner. Yeah. So let's just jump into it. Um, we'll start with our first kind of prompt, which is, um, you know, I love to ask my guests, um, the, the, the resounding question, which usually has the same answer, but do you feel like you have it all figured out? <laughs> no. Um, and even when I feel like I do, there's always this like universal pushback a little bit. That's like, huh, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, for those of you that don't know that are just learning um, or will be learning now, like I am, what month is this? I'm three years post thyroid cancer. Um, and so last month, nope, two months ago, see, I don't even know what time it is. Um, I went into my endocrinologist for a checkup and I was like, yes, I'm feeling awesome. Like this is going to be the best ultrasound ever. And not to be a Debbie Downer, but she's like, oh, you have a, a cyst. I'm like, oh, shit. Is that how nodules are formed? And she's like, yep. And I was like, how big is this mother? Because I have, like, my cancer before was, like, partial thyroidectomy. So they kept the left side in. And so for two and a half years, three years, it's been clean. It's not necessarily in a spot that's in danger of myself. Like, I'm not in danger right now. Um, it's a, it's a cyst that's literally less than a centimeter, but when you see it on the ultrasound, it's obviously enlarged. And so I was like, <laughs> I walked into this bitch thinking I had it all figured out and I was feeling the best I felt in a long time. And then there's just that thing that kind of sets you back and you're like, okay, well, cool. So in a lot of my areas of life, not just health concerns, but like, I, I basically walk in like I own the place the majority of the time. Um, 
my husband hears me tell stories all the time if I'm in groups of friends that aren't true, but I just say things with such conviction that people can believe it. I'm not saying I lie. I just like am very forward in what I am confident, I guess, and in how I talk a lot of times. So he won't leave a group outing and he'll be like, You told so and so about this. He's like, That's not how it happened. I was like, I know, I had like two beers. I was just like going with it and then like <laughs> they just kept snowballing. So the truth will eventually come out, but for right now, I was very convicted in that moment, apparently. Well, I'm hopeful yeah. you get some good news on that. Um, do they yeah, think it's going to be like, benign? My or? doctor's not worried. So my, I've been doing this for 13 years. So yeah, she's like, I'm not concerned. You don't need to be concerned. Like, you don't have to do And Normally, I like get blood work every six months and then get an ultrasound every year. She's like, you still are on the track. If I'm back in a year your other ultrasound it's fine it's literally the tiniest thing and cysts can go away so that's what we're hoping for yeah I'm hoping for that too so along the whole thing like I, I love that that you just like you're like I'm confident like I walk into a place like I own it like I really appreciate that like I think we as women more women should just feel comfortable enough in their own skin that they don't need to just backpedal you know um and so uh, in, in exploring this podcast and talking about imposter syndrome with my guests and, and talking with friends, et cetera, um, I found that the feeling of imposter syndrome is so deeply ingrained within uh, women and people who struggle with their sexuality and their gender. Um, but I'm also finding that it means something different to every single person. Um, so do you feel like you fit in or you suffer from imposter syndrome? In what ways and what does imposter syndrome mean to you? So in regards to fitting in, um, I think I have always been one to stand out, like not in a necessarily in a confident way, but definitely in like a weird, quirky kind of way. Like uh, Karina and I talked a couple episodes back about how like I will provoke her to wear something that she would never pick out for herself, right? Um, because I'm always the one that has like a larger statement piece. She does a very good job of like her makeup is always on point. She's always put together, but it's more of a simplistic way, which I can't hardly ever do. Like right now I have on a uh, headscarf as a neckerchief. I have on like a crocheted short sleeve sweater, like and it's 90 degrees outside and holy jeez. So like the things I put together are not normal but they work for me if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I've also been the one to like when I was nine years old I had a perm and my bangs were going two different directions and like I had really large hipster glasses before that was even a term. It was just when you're nine years old and it's 1990 that's just the way it goes in the middle of Indiana, like, I just have always been nerdy and quirky, and I snore when I laugh since I was a kid, and so, like, I just haven't ever been in a box or, like, stood inside a basic norm, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I, I, I always say that uh, I dress like Miss Frizzle. Um, you totally do. It's I do. Awesome. I love patterns. I, oh my gosh, if it has, a, if it's a pattern, I'm buying it. Don't even care. Um, and, and I, 
I, I used to feel kind of ashamed of that because I had a guy that I was dating in my 20s. Uh, thanks so much, Brian. You scarred me for life. Uh, <laughs> uh, he said that I, he felt I dressed childish. He felt he was embarrassed by the way I dressed. And for a long time, I shunned patterns. I shunned color. I shunned those things. And then for a while, patterns to me was to hide. I'd gained some weight. I wasn't taking care of myself. And I patterns were a way for me to hide behind those things so that people would compliment the pattern. They wouldn't compliment me. Um, it's taken a lot of self-work for myself. I mean, your podcast is, is one thing that I feel like it's been helpful for me. Um, <laughs> as well as, <laughs> well, you know, as, as well as, you know, there's another one that's like, you know, almost 30 podcasts and some other stuff. And I'm reading a lot of body empowerment. I've come to terms a lot better with who I am as a person. And, and now I, and now just the way I dress is just part of who I am. Um, but I agree with you. I've never really fit in, uh, either. Um, I've always been friend to many close friend to few. Um, and, and, you know, I was, I was never the popular kid in high school. I was never the popular kid in middle school, but I realize now the things that I felt were so important when I was younger, like popularity and all these things. Um, I, I'm, I feel lucky now that I have what I have and that I didn't have those things that I thought I wanted when I was younger exactly. because they're so vain. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I know a lot of people that are like, Oh, I am in, I'm in this social circle. Like my social circle is literally like 19 circles jammed together because like I played clarinet in the marching band for four years, but I also ran track and I, went to college on a golf scholarship. So like I can multifaceted, if you will. Like I appreciate that when I have a group of friends that come together, that multiple people start to get and find out they know each other from other places that don't necessarily involve me. Because I feel like in order to have good friendships, you have to be kind of multifaceted in that way to where like you can kind of flow, if you will. Like be intertwined in a lot of different people and some people those introverts god love them don't like that but i'm like why would you not want more people to get to love you and you get to love so yeah and then in regards to imposter syndrome and how like fitting in an imposter syndrome are so deeply ingrained, I guess my question to you would be, I mean, like in your career or in your personal life or in your friendships, have you ever felt that feeling of, um, imposter syndrome is also referred to as like the feeling of fraud syndrome um, and being found out that like, you know, you're not qualified to be where you're at or, um, you know, someone's going to find out and then they're going to like take your job from you or um, your friends are going to find out that you're not very cool. Do you ever feel any of those feelings? Yeah, so I have um, been working for a multifamily um, company, like apartment community for about eight and a half years. And um, I've been in multiple properties. Like I've been to three other properties before the property I'm at now. Um, and the three previous communities were very garden style, very traditional layout, like what, like building one, building two. Um, and the whole premise between Monta family with our company is to like, make sure you're always taking care of residents, right? That like your ability to do that should be number one. Your customer service should be first, which I completely understand and I'm wholeheartedly behind. But then there's just some days where like, there are people that call me multiple times a day asking and 
for the same thing. For instance, if I tell you I'm gonna get something over to you as a document, it will happen. It may not be like 14 seconds ago, but then I kind of doubt myself in regards to my ability to like go through a checklist, right? Mm -hmm. Like I make a list and I figure out how to do that. Um, the newest property that I'm at is a mid-rise property and it is fancy. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of people in this area of downtown Austin are not, nor they're not my, they're not my people. I'm not saying that I'm not nice to them. I'm not saying that I'm not like uh, cordial and helpful and because I love their, I'm beginning to love all of them. It's just a very different demographic that I'm not used to. So like I noticed pretty recently that I have to show up more for myself in order to make myself feel more confident in this position because of how potentially prestigious these people are, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and for a while I was like, I don't think I can do it. And I think that many years before I actually arrived at this community that I was like, it's a, it's a dream I have to work downtown. Like I didn't know what capacity in which it was that like being from small town Indiana and you get to work in downtown Austin, like that's a whole different caliber of people. It's a whole different way that the people interact with each other. It's a whole different group of attitudes and, and familial structures and all kinds of things that I didn't think for many years that I'd be able to do. And when I actually walked into the office and sat down and like, I'm starting to learn, I've only been there since February. So I'm like starting to learn about these new residents and these people. Like I literally went in a week and a half before shelter in place happened. So whereas I'm getting emails from these people and learning about them, it's only through email, right? Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to, to learn about people and what they need through only an email or telephone basis when normally, we'd sit down and have a conversation face to face. So mm -hmm. it's, I'm like, am I qualified to do this? But the more I'm there, the more I'm learning, like I understand that it's exactly where I need to be, even though for a long time, I doubted my ability to do what my job is. It's just yeah. to take care of them and like make sure that they're getting what they need and, and that, that their residential stature as people in our community is being uphold to the standards that I've been practicing for the last eight years. It doesn't matter like I'm not they're not any different from me yep. even though demographically they are mm -hmm. we're just all people so so for a while I was having trouble and I was struggling a little bit with my ability to be fancy mm -hmm. I'm very late like I'm very chill I'm very bohemian like I barely wear makeup even though I used to work for a makeup company for like five years <laughs> which is very comical um but all in all like i just don't take care of myself in that manner like mm -hmm. i guess i karina wears makeup every day it makes her feel so empowered and awesome and i'm like i washed my face today didn't i like <laughs> yeah so it's a matter of shifting my understanding of what i deserve and and even though that, that imposter creeps in probably like 13 times a day like i have to hold steadfast with the ability that, that I know I can do. So. Yeah, that makes 100% sense. And actually, I can relate and empathize a lot with what you're saying, because uh, in my previous role, um, being in the real estate industry, gosh, you're around big money, like a lot. And it was kind of shocking to me, like, 
um, being around it, talking, helping these realtors out here and there, and the way that they talked about people and things and money. And when you take a step back from it, you realize that like, we're all just like looking at each other's plot of grass, right? And some are watering, some, it may seem that some are watering theirs more than others, but honestly, it's all just the same grass. It's just, they're just giving you a highlight reel of their life. And like, you don't see the behind the scenes, you know? So I always, it's, it was a hard thing for me to kind of realize. And I think in the age of social media and all of this, I think we're realizing it more and more is that like, people just want you to see what they want you to see. But at the end of the day, we're all very similar. We're all human. Um, and I think that's like an interesting kind of way to be like, yeah, like I deserve to be here. Like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I know how to, you know, do this. And so I think that's really great. And I'm glad that you're kind of coming to terms that, I mean, you already knew you were a badass, but being a badass in this position, I think you're going to do really great with this community because once you start meeting face to face, they'll be like, oh yeah, just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like we had a, we had a block party on Wednesday of last week where my girlfriend's came and DJed in the street between two of our properties. <laughs> one of the residents looks at me and goes, when are you back in the office? And I'm like, I've never not been in the office. <laughs> Those emails you're getting are right downstairs. Like, I'm not in my house. I'm not in my pajamas. Like, you are, like, working from your couch. Like, <laughs> I'm going to work every day. It's but so I funny. the fact that you couldn't tell the difference between me being in the office and if I was in my house. So, I'll take that as a win. <laughs> So, I mean, we touched on imposter syndrome and like kind of that feeling of fitting in and all of that. Um, but it, I also feel like imposter syndrome also lends to the feeling of success. So what does success look like to you and do you feel successful? It's interesting because, um, and I don't necessarily know if it, this is just because of the way I was raised and my dad was like, you will always work your ass off for what you get, right? So even though right now, we're in a position where we've been the most financially sound that I've ever been by myself and in my marriage, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I never thought we would be here. Like I knew that we had goals and like we have a house and we live in the suburbs and we have our cute rambunctious crazy ass dogs. And like we are the American dream, but it's interesting because I it didn't understand that like all of the previous things I did whether it be like from right out the gate like I was born really really premature like 27 Mm -hmm. weeks gestation so um from the get-go I've always been over I've always been overcoming obstacles so to to know what success is is different for me I think because I wasn't even supposed to make it right right so like every step of the way whether that be like my grandma used to tell me all the time, well, well, I'll show up to your, to your college graduation or high school graduation if God lets me. Oh, if I make it to your college graduation. Oh, if I make it to when you get married. Oh, if I make it to when this and the other. So like her realm of getting to those different milestones were a capability of her being able to be present. For me, I'm like, yeah, I did that. Like, that's kind of how I go forward with it. So success to me is, is never ungrateful or discounted because I feel like every step is a success for me. And so when someone asks how or if I feel successful, um, my brain kind of spins in multiple different directions to kind of land on what that means. And I feel like success oftentimes, like you said, for in regards to imposter syndrome is essentially the vision of someone else's expectation of you. 
So mm -hmm. if I hold steadfast to what I know my family and my friends deem as successful, then I can't get there, right? Because it's not my goal and my expectation to be successful. All I want to do is be grateful and happy, right? But if that success then comes, it's awesome. And like one of my coworkers laughed at me the other day because we were talking about, I don't even know what. And I was like, yeah, I'm just over here hoarding money. Oh, it's my, cause my husband um, is a writer. And so for many years, he was like, babe, I'm, I'm going to be freelance soon. I'm like, I'm going to be he's telling me, telling me, telling me. I'm like, okay, great. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And then that bridge jumped over it, set that bitch on fire. And <laughs> we have been, he's been full freelance for three months. And I wow. was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we'll totally prepare when we get there. But we got there. He pulled me across the bridge, set it on fire in the best way possible. And here we are, like more successful financially than we've been in years. Like we have more in our savings account than I ever thought I would have. It's also because I'm trying to hoard money. Because <laughs> I don't know necessarily when like, because it's really into their net 30 or net 45. So like, you don't really know like when that rolling money will come in. A lot of the times, I mean, his job is stable with Sports Illustrated, but um, that comes every month, no problem. But the other stuff that was helping is rolling. And it's like, oh, we have surprise money coming. I just pull the surprise money into an account and don't look at it because I'm like, if we can do okay without this, then we're going to be okay. So for mm -hmm. me, that feels successful because not only have I learned to budget as an English major, <laughs> <laughs> feels very very much of an accomplishment to me so like and I know that sounds pretty frivolous but when when I the full freelance finally came I was like oh okay we're here now that day you've been talking about for the past I don't know eight ten years of our relationship is finally here and I'm really proud of them it's really awesome so so I gladly understand and appreciate what success to him means and I think that kind of has been rubbing off on me a little bit to know that like you said before about how our podcast has helped you like when I hear that it feels so weird not because we're we're new-ish podcast but like that that when Karina and I started to do the podcast we're like if we can just reach one person mm -hmm. that feels better then we're doing okay if it's yeah. one person outside of us that that gets to be more confident or gets to feel baby as fuck or gets to hear what we're saying out loud because someone should fucking say it and nobody else is, then like that's success. When like even if it's just one person. Because one person isn't gonna turn into many people. So Yeah. And I, I feel the same way in regards to my own podcast. Um, I've had some really great feedback for mine in terms of, oh, well, I didn't know that this feeling I was feeling was this. I didn't yeah. know that there was a name for it. I didn't know there was a term for it. This makes so much more sense. Or I listen to your podcast, now I understand myself more. And it, it sounds a little showboaty and egotistical, but I am in the same boat as you where my whole goal here is to make people feel normal, to make people feel heard, seen. So I'm very interested in telling everyone's story 
um, you know, anyone that feels this way, like all are welcome. Like the, you know, the goal, the goal here is to eventually, you know, start interviewing people I find very interesting, but for now I'm really get, liking to get to know my friends. Cause it's like, it's nice to kind of see their background, where they're coming from, what, 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 what's important to them. And I think that's amazing that your husband is following his dream that is successful right out of the gate. And that, you know, there's a lot to be said about when you follow your dream and you start doing something that you've always wanted to do. And for me right now, it's, um, it, I guess, I guess in a lot of ways it's podcasting. People are always like, oh my gosh, you know, you got laid off. Like what's next for you? And it's like, I'm doing what's next for me. Good. I'm being creative. I'm thinking ahead. I'm being empathetic. And I, and I always say to people in, in terms of quarantine, and I think we've kind of touched on this a little bit, if we're not coming out of this thing more empathetic, more caring, more kind, and I know it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse to my listeners. I've said this so many times. We're not coming out of this more caring, more empathetic, more loving, more human, um, more creative, then I don't think that we, this, this to me all feels like it's in vain. Yeah. I think um, 2020 a lot of people are very negative about it. They're like, oh gosh, 2020 was going to be my year and now it's not. And I don't agree with that at all. It's only May. Like there are right. so many exactly. months in the calendar. Like it's only May. I'm like, yes, exactly. I agree. And it, but also true, it's like, but the, think about all of the opportunity that there is right now to pick yeah. up a hobby, to pick up a skill, to better yourself, to find a podcast that can help you, to find a therapist if you need one. There is so much time. There's never been a better time to figure out things about yourself that you didn't know, you know? There's never been so much time to be so in, in like introverted on yourself. Like, yeah. I read the other day that it's going to be interesting to see how many introverts become extroverts and vice versa when this whole thing is, is different. I don't want to say like new normal. So <laughs> yeah. Um, my, husband grew up Pentecostal and I grew up Catholic. And so today my mother-in-law was like, I'm going to church. And I'm like, what? You're doing what? She's like, do you guys want to come? I'm like, is my mask acceptable? <laughs> like, can I still wear the mask? She's like, of course, I highly encourage it. So like we went to church today and we sat in probably a, I don't know, they probably seated maybe 30 people, but they were probably 10 in the room. Interesting. Um, and we sat at church today. Yeah, and it was a predominantly Pentecostal church, and so it was very different for me. I'm used to Roman Catholic hour-long mass, seeing boring hymns that are lovely and have been around forever. And her church is very jovial, and so mm -hmm. I was like, "This is interesting." And she's like, "Let me know how you feel about it." And I'm like, "I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I don't. <laughs> I'm so used to being in that Catholic box that." being outside of it, it's really different for me. So uh, I was very uh, intrusive and just kind of watched and learned today, which I thought was really cool. Um, and I'm not necessarily used to that yet. Like I'm normally, like we talked a little bit about, like I come in guns blazing a lot of the time. So the fact that this has actually allowed me to be very quiet and evaluative and like, uh, just like sit with what's happening and how I'm feeling about it is very different normally I just like have word vomit 90% of the time. So <laughs> interesting to be uh, set in, in that new understanding. And yeah, it's very interesting to see how a lot of people are like picking up hobbies again or doing things that are new and learning. Like 
you could probably read a book in two days if you had the time to do it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to read a book a month. <laughs> it's not going very well. But, but like, yeah, if you're not learning from this in one way or another, or like bettering yourself as a, as a human, then you're not really learning what it could be potentially be about, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think like a lot of this lends into kind of the feeling of success in the sense of like, I think there's a lot of people right now that are taking a look at their life and being like, oh, I'm going to compare it to this person's life or that person's life. And I think like the biggest takeaway of this entire conversation is like everyone has a different story, a different journey, a different path. And the only thing you have control over is yourself and how you feel about yourself. Um, And, um, you know, as always, if this helps one person, that's great. Um, But uh, I always encourage my listeners and my guests and everyone, you know, to take the take, take this advice and like think on it, marinate on it. But the best thing you can do for you is to focus on you. Yeah. And, and, that, it, and a lot yeah. of people feel like that's selfish or like egotistical or vain when, when at the end of the day, no matter who surrounds you, like you have to deal with what you can handle. Yep. Like you're control right it's why everyone is like organizing and purging and like painting and doing house projects because you can control right now your immediate environment right like you can control what's immediately around you but at the end of the day like you have to deal with yourself and that sucks that sucks for a lot of people myself included because i'm not i'm not good at that i'd rather docklet and act like everything's cool and kosher and great when when most of the time it's not most of the time but a lot of the time it's not like, I can't be Mary fucking Sunshine all the time. It's irrational for me to believe myself that I can, but but I have to hang out with the optimism or else, like, I'll just be in the dark all the time, which I like to light shit up, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I love that about you. Um, so I think we've touched on just, like, the topic in general, um, but now I like to get to the fun part of my podcast, which is where I get to know you based on things you like and dislike. <laughs> so um we'll start with what is one or a few things you're fanatical about and why i will start i'm currently fanatical about the fact that my husband after being gone for a whole entire dang month is back for another whole entire month <laughs> that's Thankfully. so awesome i okay so yeah right he made it home safe which is so awesome and i'm so proud of him and all the work that he's doing what's really weird is that i thought he was gone longer than a month It kind of felt like that because when this all started, uh, he had been out to sea on a workup and then he got back and he was taking, cause I had gotten laid off. And so he was going to, he took leave to spend the quarantine with me. We were thinking originally, we all were originally thinking it was only going to be two weeks. (laughs) No, uh, he was back five days. He started painting the cabinets. We were working on home renovations and he got a email from his command and they were like, yeah, so, um, we're going to quarantine to the ship for, you know, the foreseeable future. And then we're going to go back out to sea. Um, and so he, I dropped him off on the 25th or the it's either 25th or 26th of, of uh, March dropped him off with the ship and they just sat on the dock on the pier side quarantining because the whole goal was for them as a ship to mitigate coronavirus to make sure that there was no coronavirus entering or exiting the ship um then they went out to sea still no cases 
Um, and then uh, they helped aid uh, efforts with the USS Kidd, which actually kept them out a little longer. And then they ended up coming back two days earlier. So um, they went on a support mission to help the USS Kidd, which ended up having, uh, uh, I think now it's 60 plus cases, but when they started going down, it was 13. Then, then, or 18, then it turned to 35, which is about 10% of the ship's 350 population. Um, no one on my husband's ship has gotten COVID, uh, or if they have, they've been self-quarantined, taken off the ship, whatever that might be. Um, but no one as of right now has had any positive cases and they turned their medical, me the medical support staff helped out the USS kid. So um, it ended up being a pretty positive Thing. like and I'm pretty proud of him and that mission and I think that was really great that they like got to aid an effort and do that because for the most part I hate to be like a Debbie Downer but it just felt like he was just sitting in the ocean doing nothing <laughs> and he'll even tell you it felt like that too but but yeah so he's back and um it's 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 interesting it's 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 funny because I have friends that their husbands you know like their, my other spouse friends where you know I had one that her husband's ship was in my husband's fleet and he got back, you know, two days after my husband and they were gone the same amount of time. And so she and I would just like bitch to each other. Oh God, you know, when are they coming back? Are they coming back at all? Like what, what? and it all, it honestly felt worse than a deployment where, because a deployment, like it's like, it's kind of set in stone. They're, they're gone and they're back. And, um, it felt, it felt a little weirder, but now that I've gone through it once, I feel like I'm up for anything. Like I've, I've gone through this pandemic without him and I will have to continue to go through it without him as this is a fluid disease and it's constantly changing. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, it, it, it definitely, I, I learned a lot. Um, I feel very strong in my community now and um, I feel a lot more empathetic to the spouses on the ship that I didn't know. And um, I, 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 was, I was a shoulder for people to cry on quite a bit. Um, and yeah, so I kind of, I, I tried to make a positive out of it, even though it felt mostly negative at the time. Out of you. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so ask me the question again. I got okay. someone called in your story that I was well, like, what? Oh, <laughs> well, it's, uh, well, I'll, I'll just tell you what you said. I'll prompt you. So oh, you said yeah. true crime. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So I'm obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't stop listening to, number one, when Chris and I first started dating, I was watching so much Law and Order SVU that he was like, can I change your ringtone to the theme of the TV show? <laughs> I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really know that it was connected in that manner. And then, like, a couple years ago, um, I binged My Favorite Murder, mm -hmm. and like the Austin Murder Reno group. I've been in that group for a long time and I met some really cool girlfriends. And so it's just interesting that like as morbid and fucked up as true crime is, I'm so intrigued by like the processes in which like the forensics happen and then like serial killers. I'm not I'm not obsessed with the art of the serial killing. I'm obsessed mm -hmm. with the um, malfunction, if you will, in, in the intrigue as to how someone becomes one of those. Not that I want to. I have no ramification or like ability to do so, of course. But like, I, I really like to listen about it. But mm -hmm. people like my favorite murder 
give a comedic aspect to it, which I feel like we all need in a certain, in a yeah. certain time when awful things happen. And that's probably why I like am pretty non-emotional a lot of the time. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. I'm also a fellow murderino. Um, I've fallen out of, of listenership, I should say, with it. Uh, it got a little, it got a lot for me, um, but I do love Georgia uh, and Karen. For my listeners, if, you, if you're not familiar with My Favorite Murder, it is a true crime comedy podcast with two comedians. They're very funny. Um, it's very good. It's, it's not to be it's not to be rude. It's not to be insensitive, but they make fun of the part. Like they think they, they just like, they roast the murderer. It's never to uh, place blame on the victim or anything like that. Um, I'm also into true crime, just like Jess is. And I listen to a couple of different podcasts. One is morbid and they have a oh, term that it. is fresh air is for dead people. And I scared the crap, like the literal crap out of my husband, because when we first moved into our house, we live in kind of like a secluded uh, little easement. And when we first moved into our house, he started going on these underways because he's getting ready to deploy. And I was by myself. Uh, huh? It wasn't underway. Oh, it's just like a workup. Like, it's, so they go out to sea and they do like exercises. Okay. Um, so like the ship goes out and they're just doing trainings. So I, um, so, so I was at home a lot and I would shut and lock all my windows every night. And I do a daily, like, let me go look, look, check my windows. Let me check the doors. Let me lock the garage. Let me do this. And I do that because quote unquote, fresh air is for dead people. And that scared the shit out of him that that's what I call it. <laughs> he was like, uh, should I be worried? I'm like, no, I'm fine. Um, but I also feel like because of the podcast, I'm a lot, I've always been pretty street smart. But I, because of my infatuation with true crime and the serial killer aspect of things and what makes their brain tick, how does it work, why was Ted Bundy the way he was, you know, why was Dahmer this way, why was BTK such a sparky, big time, creepy weirdo, like all these things, um, I find very fascinating, similar to Jess. So I totally 100% agree with that. Um, I actually don't think anyone's mentioned true crime yet as a thing that they love, but I love it. My only negative with the Murderino and how big they are is that um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple people, like there's a couple different subtypes in the fandom that I just kind of don't necessarily jive with, but people that I do jive with are, tend to be the more extroverted, the more comedic, the more like happy-go-lucky, like let's go day drink kind of people. <laughs> and the ones that I have a harder time relating to are like, the, I'm going to sit at home with my cat and drink tea and lock my windows and doors and that man looked at me weird and he's gonna attack me so there's like these two different types where it's very introverted and the world is scary and then there's the very extroverted of the murderinos and it's it's very interesting that i found that in the denver murderino community i found that in the san diego denver or the san diego community and i've even found that in the drinkerino community that i'm in uh it's like it's just interesting <laughs> yeah i think it's i think that it kind of lends itself to no matter what it is like whether it's like a public speaker or an influential person like uh for instance like people either love or hate Rachel Hollis right mm -hmm. but the way I look at it in regards to like what she's doing and what she's talking about is that you're not going to agree with someone 100 percent like she may say something and out of 10 statements you agree with five of them that doesn't mean that what you are learning or navigating from is incorrect because you didn't get on board with all 10 statements. It's just that you have your own opinion. Mm -hmm. And the way that you are living your life is different than someone else. You may go all the way in 100%. Whereas for me, I'm like, okay, that was a great 15 minute conversation. 
uh, or monologue, if you will, and I got these key points out of it, right? Because you're trying to appeal to multiple people mm -hmm. in regards to like how information is getting across. So, so I think it's interesting that that some people go to extremes. Yep. Kind of oh, like yeah. how trolls came about because what you say may be very forceful and rude behind a computer, but would you say it's my face? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I think you should take tips from certain things, like those people that are sitting in their house and their doors are all locked, they're hanging out with their cats on a Saturday, that's great. However, how is that going to help you if someone really tries to come into your house? <laughs> yeah. Like, here's my wine. What am I going to do? Whereas I sleep, my husband used to be gone a lot um, just because covering high school sports and college, like, he would, like, be gone until 1 a.m. and I sleep with a hammer and a knife next to my bed and he laughs at me. He's like, we have a pit bull who won't even let me get next to you. And I live in your house. Like, why are you sleeping with a hammer? I'm like, well. That's so funny. <laughs> I just sleep with a hammer. Yeah, and that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And because it's been quarantine and because it's been so weird and like, it's now to the point where if it's like, if you're on my property, like if, if you're on my property, like you're creeping me out. And I have, I have, there's this one transient dude that has been on my property. I've called the cops three times now, not emergency line, not 911. We're not going to be that girl. Yeah. Um, but I found out in the state of California that unless this person physically comes through my fence or tries to open my door or gets on my property or steals something from me. He's actually not trespassing. Well, he's trespassing, but he's not, um, forcibly doing so. He's not forcibly doing something. Therefore, all they can do is tell him to leave. And the last conversation I had, I mean, I don't blame them, but the, the guy was like, well, did you walk out and tell him to leave? I'm like, yes, let me tell this creepy dude at midnight, yeah. little old me, Get off my property. That's why I called you. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> you have multiple tools literally on your belt right. to help me get yeah. him the fuck away. Yeah. Like, I, what? That's crazy. Yeah. But, um, but I, I did want to get some things assured when I did talk to the sheriff um, who called me. And he was a very nice man. I talked to a really nice woman and a, a sheriff and a really nice man sheriff. And like, they're both like so sympathetic. Cause I was like, I'm, you know, by myself, my husband's out to see, like the, I have a ring camera, like it faces my bedroom window. I have three ring cameras on my house. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they said, you know, you, you know, like, you know, like, <laughs> they were like, I, I, I guess I was concerned. I was like, I hope that me calling and it seems like I'm crying wolf. They said, no, they said, they said, you're not calling every, First of all, you're not calling every single day. Every time you call, you have the same valid concern. And each time we've come to like, check it out. And the person's been gone. They're like, but like, also, you know, like, like we're the cops we're supposed to come. Yeah. So, so that made me feel a little bit more at ease, but um, you know, at the end of the day, I like, I try, I'm trying to trust that people at this point in time are inherently good. Um, I know that crime rates throughout the United States have gone down quite a bit, um, but I also uh, don't trust anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's very funny. And like my husband grew up here, like my, my dad like owns guns, right? Like, but I never knew where they were or like, even if there was one in the car and I was about to go take the car, he'd be like, hey, hold on, and I'll go get a gun out. Don't know where he keeps it. Don't know where he has it. 
However, my husband, being from the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, has it literally under the bed. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, and I know that in Texas, like, if someone literally has one foot in my grass, I can shoot them. However, I'm not that confrontational. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, my husband's always like, why the hammer? You have to get really close to someone. And, like, I've seen you throw a ball. I was like, I'm better at golf than I am freaking baseball. Cut me some slack. I'm really good at the three wood. But also, I'm going to sit in one of those next to my bed. So... Yeah, we actually, my husband and I do have one, and, well, he has one, and I, and it's in the side drawer, and he always says to me, he's like, well, you grab the gun. I'm like, well, that's the last thing I would think to grab, like, literally, yeah. literally. I would grab, I would grab a spatula before I grab a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We so, have a yeah. bedroom that doesn't have a screen on it, so many would come try to come for me, but um, I always leave that window unlocked just in case something weird happens. I would be that way to leave my dogs in the house like an asshole and get out the window. Yes, that actually makes sense. Like, but also, I can't pick up a 60 pound pit and an 80 pound hound and chuck them out the window. They won't do it. <laughs> yeah, so I guess um, on that note, what is one or a few unpopular opinions you have and why? Uh, I found my notes. Like, if some 
in some cases. But like in actuality, like you should smash the status quo, you, the status quo, you should not be concerned about other people's opinions of how you live your life because then that's not doing anything to help you or anyone else because then you just sit in a weird space. But the empowerment part has to come from like unpopularly doing things that aren't normal or looked upon in a good light when you know you just sometimes need to get in and get dirty and get the job done even though it may not be what everybody else is doing yeah i think um how I can kind of relate I, to me, it sounds a little bit like um, it's kind of like addiction, right? When you like want someone to like go to rehab or you want someone to like make a change, they have to like hit that rock bottom to like make that change. Right. So you can only lead a horse to water, then it's up to them. And I, I, I believe in the women empowerment community. I agree with you. There is a level of bullshit, fakeness, unrealness. We're all in this together and there's like a downright cattiness, but also like I can't lift I can only lift someone up so far and then they have to do the rest. Yeah. And sometimes it feels very thankless, right? Like we're giving them so much of ourselves, especially me as an empath. Like what I'm finding is that I'm very sensitive to people's emotions and their struggles and yeah. that drains me. And, and so it, it, it drives me crazy when I've got a friend and I'm, and I'm like, gosh, like why are like, I, I give you 12 options. You shoot down 10 of them. And then the two that you choose are negative. Um, and so I, I think it's something I've had to work on. And I agree that like, I, don't, I don't even think it's an unpopular opinion. I think when we as women, we should realize, we should think about, you know, our community, especially as being marginalized in a lot of ways um, and, and, and really take our own advice. We give each other to heart, but then also, even if you have a differing opinion or you want to do something different, know that the change has to come within you. And you cannot rely on someone else to make those changes for you. It's not a group project. You have to contribute. Yeah, I definitely understand. I really that. Yeah. So I agree with that. That makes sense. So we're coming to the end or near the end of, um, of Please Don't Kick Me Out. Um, so uh, I think we've touched on like what's making you happy in the world. We'll, we'll skip that one. But uh, uh, would you like to promote something? <laughs> so obviously in the middle of the pandemic, we're workshop. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I, in October. However, we, we um, so October 17th, so this year in Rapid Texas, we are hosting a one-day women's workshop. We will have um, swag and snacks and vendors. And um, it's all based around the concept called How Dare She? So mm -hmm. like, what do you do that's daring or how to allow yourself to be bold and do things that are more daring? Um, a couple of our friends in our little group, not really little, they're some of them are coming from across the country, um, are coming to speak, which we've only announced one in our life, but we'll have more. Um, so we're super excited to kind of bring people together, even if it's just one day. Um, yeah, I used to do events and weddings for like 12 years, so it gets to bring back a whole lot of like fruity shit, like to do like event production and all that fun stuff. And then we get to empower too, which is super fun. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, you can provide me all of that information and I will put it in the description for my listeners. Um, and uh, that again is a women empowerment event in October 17th in Austin or uh, is it, is it in Austin or in the suburb? It's Rumble. So it's like a kind of town Okay. Yeah. So it'll be in, it'll be in Texas. Um, I'll put all the information and details in there. And then also as always, uh, with my lovely guests, I leave all of the information. So, uh, becoming babes, baby AF, um, I'll, I'll put in the links, I'll put in Jess's contacts. So you can get in contact with her and also start listening to her podcast. Um, but we've come to the end. Do you have any parting words? Um, no, I think my only like point of encouragement is just start to do and challenge yourself to do one thing a month that you normally wouldn't do and then see how different you feel at the end of that event or that start of a hobby or, or I don't know, go to a concert by yourself and see how you feel and how that develops you as a person. Like that's one thing that we've been trying to do um, since early 2019 is do one thing a month that challenges us, whether it be like learning about new people or going to like, for instance, coffee or a movie or dinner by ourselves, just to kind of see and check in with how we're doing. So that's one point of encouragement I think I can give y'all. I love that. That's so great. Well, Jess, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today. And to my listeners, um, please check out her podcast. I can't say enough good things about it. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and my listeners on Please Don't Kick Me Out. Um, it was lovely. Good. Yay. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to resume. All right. Hey, y'all. Um, this episode is a little bit weird. So before I leave this lovely episode with, with you guys, and I will release a new episode on Monday, I just wanted to give some tips and things that I've learned in terms of quote unquote bossing up. Um, that basically, if you have a dream and you wanna do something, start doing it, especially within this pandemic. Um, really, the sky's the limit. I didn't know how to record a podcast, but here I am. Um, and I feel like it's finally getting the recognition that it's deserving. It's helping people. But really, I just always tell people that you need to be a better person coming out of this. So that's why I'm suggesting that you use, you know, use your, use your heart and your soul and you figure out what you want to do and the person that you want to be in this pandemic. And so again, thank you to Chelsea Pearl who shared me in her women led podcast roundup. I'll include that in the description as well as my guest Jess for sharing the mic. And she even released an episode with me. I'll include that as, as a link as well. And just everyone for your support. I super appreciated it. Again, um, you know, not to be pushy or anything, but you can also uh, subscribe to my podcast, kind of, you know, if you want to support me um, and all of that. But I would really appreciate like, comment, share, tell a friend as usual. That's going to make this available to the masses as it already is. But thank you guys so much for your support. And I really appreciate it. Hit me up on social media. And if you want to be a guest, just, you know, use the email. Thanks. Thank you 
for listening to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a little rating. And if you're interested in becoming a guest, please reach out to me by using one of the links to the podcast social media in the description. Thanks everyone and have a great day.